This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and 920-1260 and 1420-AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. It's Casey. Thanks for tuning in to Shine On. So, I recently lost 10 pounds. Easily. And I'm going to teach you how today. Now, don't get excited when you see me because I could easily lose another 15 or more. But 10 pounds just fell off me. You know, in a matter of weeks. I don't know, like three or four weeks. So, you know how we often talk about it takes a long time for information to travel from your brain to your heart? That's the way it was with this for me. Dr. Michael Roizen has been on this show, I'm going to guess, less than 10 times, but more than six. And he is always telling us about what to eat when. You've heard the phrase before, right? What to eat when. Dr. Michael Roizen and Dr. Michael Krupain have gotten together on the latest book, The What to Eat When Cookbook, which I have right now. And Dr. Krupain is going to join us today. Dr. Roizen is taking a break from me, I guess. But you're going to like Dr. Krupain just as much. So here's how I did it. Here's how I lost the 10 pounds. Well, first, let me tell you why I did it. You know, I had to go to my see my mother in Florida. My mother really cares about weight. Let's just say that. Okay. I once heard her say to my niece, who was like 19 at the time, we were at the diner. You see those French fries? Those are the last French fries you should ever eat for the rest of your life. Those are the kinds of things my mother says. Um... And she's thin. And she's going to be 91 next month, and she's kept the weight off her whole life. So, you know, it's a thing for my mother. So I was going to see her, and I'm like, oh, i got to get rid of this COVID, you know, gut that I have. So I started to shift things up a little bit, and the weight just fell off. Dr. Michael Roizen has told us many times, calories in the morning are not the same thing as calories at night. And we've been hearing the phrase for our whole lives, eat like a king in the morning and a queen in the afternoon and a pauper at dinner. I think that's it. It's something very much like that. But your biggest meal of the day should be in the morning. And you're like, well, how can I do that? That's something I've done for many, many years out of necessity. For many, many years that I've been doing the morning show, I've been eating a huge breakfast of uh, salad with fish in it and fruit in it and uh, sometimes hard-boiled egg in it. Like my morning salad that I eat on the air, well, not on the air, like during a song, in the seven o'clock hour is packed with nutrition because I realized from talking to all these doctors all the time, I needed to get my nutrition straight right out of the gate. So if I pack my brain food in first thing in the morning, I just feel so much better. But here's what I was doing wrong. So I would have this great big meal at breakfast time. And then I would get home when I got off the air later in the day, get home around one o'clock, and then I would have another great big meal. Right. And then my husband would come home from work and he would cook another great big meal. So basically, I was having like three dinners a day. So what I did 
to drop the 10 pounds was I kept my great big breakfast. Like, I'll eat, gosh, you know, salmon, whatever, in the salad, in the morning. But then when I went home, instead of having a great big lunch, maybe I would just have a part of a lunch. So maybe I would just have a piece of chicken instead of like a chicken sandwich with chips on the side or something. Or maybe I would just have my vegan chocolate plant-based protein shake, especially this time of year. Put a little ice in there. It's like having a chocolate frosty thing. And those are very filling. And then same thing for dinner. Instead of having like meat and starch and vegetable, I would just have one of the three. I didn't starve at all. Like I didn't even, this didn't, it didn't cost me anything. So great, great, great big breakfast, which I know isn't possible for everybody, but it's easy to do. Like if you just bring it to work, my girlfriend, Alexa Maria, she's a teacher She brings, like, she cooks every Sunday. And then when she goes to school to work, um, she brings, like, little mini meals. Like, here's a piece of salmon and some vegetables. And here's a little chicken and, you know, some rice. Like, (laughs) she loves, like me, she loves that great big breakfast meal. What I'm saying is this. We have to step out. I don't like to say have to. It may be in our best interest to step out of those routines that have been passed down for generations about breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Whose idea was that? They kind of got it wrong. Now, I understand, like, if you have kids, you've got to make, like, an evening time meal. But gosh, can we teach them now that dinner doesn't have to be an enormous meal? right? Like Mediterranean style, dinner could just be more of a healthy snack. Okay, so that's how I did it. Big breakfast, the suggestion of lunch, and then, you know, a smaller meal. So one big meal and two small meals. Here's the best part about it, though. I feel happy again because I went through many years, the many last handful of years, thinking my metabolism was shot, thinking my body had like abandoned me. And this is just the way it's going to be. From here on in, you just smell food and you gain weight. That's not true. That's not true. It's just simply not true. When I tell you I lost 10 pounds quickly and easily, just changing changing my idea about meals. And you know, my husband, who loves to come home and cook, he really doesn't love to come home and cook. He comes home and cooks because he knows I'm not gonna, but he's totally down with this too. We don't need a huge meal every night. Now, sometimes he's like, oh, I'm making my gumbo. The man can cook a gumbo. And he spent a bunch of years following a group called the Radiators that played a lot in Louisiana. So... He has authentic gumbo influence. And some nights he wants to cook up a big pot of gumbo and I don't get in his way. I just let him. But most nights we're not having a big heavy meal. Pizza is still an issue. (laughs) My husband's nickname in, in high school was pizza because he ate so much of it. So, you know, we have to be aware of that because I rarely can eat just one piece of pizza. I'm not going to tell you how many pieces of pizza I eat because I'm not feeling that confident today. But that's the thing. Step out of the routines and shake it up a bit. I just ordered a case. Well, I just received my case of amaranth flakes. Uh, amaranth is an ancient grain and Arrowhead makes, a, um, makes an amaranth cereal that I just love. 
and it's healthy and I mix that with almond milk and sometimes now that's lunch and sometimes that's dinner. Blueberries on top? Yes, I ordered a case. I have a whole shelf in the pantry that's just boxes of amaranth cereal. Step out of your ideas of what a meal should be. When you go to a restaurant, you don't have to order an entree. You really don't. Get an appetizer and a salad. Or just get dessert. You know what I mean? We're so programmed to think, oh, I must have this and then I must have this. No, you don't really have to have any of that. Get your nutrition. Get it early in the day, if you can. And by the way, this is all based on science. It's based on how your body works. So Dr. Michael Krupain is here to talk about the What to Eat When cookbook. And I opened up the book to page 97, and I see two pages, like a sensuous centerfold of, uh, of, of homemade pasta, orchiette. This is your, this is your specialty, mm-hmm. I hear? I can eat that? Yeah, you can definitely eat pasta when you're eating uh, the when way. We're okay with that. Uh, this is this orecate is happens to be made with whole grain flour, which is how we prefer your pasta. I actually learned to make orecate in Italy, and it comes from Puglia. That's the most southern part of of the boot mm-hmm. uh, and the heel, and um, it's not that hard to make. We've got some really clear instructions in there, and it's definitely one of my favorite pastas. And actually, Mike Royce and I are going in November back to Puglia. I went there a long time ago. Uh, to the cooking school where I learned to make these orchette and, and doing a class uh, with uh, the chef there. I think it means little ears, right? Yeah, yeah, they look ears. like little ears. They do. <laughs> yep. So listen, I took your advice the last time we were on, uh, you were on talking about this topic, and I lost 10 pounds by giving up dinner. Wow. So my breakfast That's this great. morning, spinach salad, uh, baked cod, blueberries, and hard-boiled eggs in a gorgeous salad. My big meal is now at 7 o'clock in the morning. Wow, that's a perfect breakfast. Tell people <laughs> why. Amazing. Isn't it great? Yeah, I listen to you guys. I really do. This means a lot to me. Tell people why this works. Well, it all has to do with our circadian rhythm, and that's our body's clock and our metabolism actually changes throughout the day based on this clock. So our body is actually set up better to eat more early and less later. It actually is that a calorie that you eat in the morning seems, based on the research, to count less than one you eat in the evening. Things, all your hormones change throughout the day. We know that our sort of our sleep patterns change, right, are based on this clock, but most people don't realize that it's also your metabolism, your insulin resistance changes throughout the day. And so that's sort of the secret is trying to align what you eat with when your body is expecting you to eat it. Also, it's not just about that time. You also need to make sure you're eating the right food. So a lot of people who try intermittent fasting, which this is a form of just sort of they might just eat everything at dinner and, and eat lots of unhealthy things. Well, in the long run, that's not going to work. You really need to try to match uh, the what and the when. And so it sounds like that's what you're doing with eating fish and a lot of vegetables and, and staying away from uh, processed foods and sugar and stuff like that. I was so upset with my atop- metabolism. I felt like it had abandoned me. But my metabolism is just fine when I switch up when I eat. So the What to Eat When cookbook. And we... So can you... is. But the what? Uh, let me just finish that sentence. I'm a great editor. That is out now, and it's gorgeous, and it will help you through the summer in a beautiful new way. So, so it. You say this is a form of intermittent fasting. How so? 
Well, intermittent fasting, there's lots of ways to do intermittent fasting. And most of, mostly the concept is right, you, you eat at some point and you fast for a period of time. So you can sort of eat every other day. That would be intermittent fasting. You could fast for two days a week. That would be intermittent fasting. But this is a form that's more kind of scientifically known as time-restricted eating or time-restricted feeding, where you only eat within a limited window. So the typical person you know, who doesn't read uh, what to eat when probably eats for 12 to 16 hours a day, from the first moment they wake up until right before they go to bed. Here you're going to limit the window in which you eat, and ideally you eat more early and less later, and you only eat when the sun is shining. And so you might eat for only a eight-hour window in the day and then fast for the remaining hours of the day. And most of those are when you're sleeping, so it's actually not that bad. And again, that helps you eat in line with your circadian rhythm. And there's a theory that by fasting, you during the night, you throw uh, what we call a metabolic switch. So if you eat not too many carbohydrates so late during the day, you can burn through all those stored carbs you have, and you end up in ketosis. And lots of people want to be in ketosis, but being on the keto diet is quite complicated. So this, when you throw that metabolic switch to go from burning sugar to burning fat, obviously burning fat, everybody likes the idea of that, mm. and also activates some protective mechanisms in your body uh, that are probably where some of the benefits come from. Right. Ketosis is when your body is burning its fat, and that's a good thing. Okay. Um, I have to ask, just because I'm nosy, what's, what are some of the recipes in here that you're loving? Oh, my God. I was looking through the book this morning knowing I was going to talk to you and remembering I love them all. Um, but this time of year is my favorite because I love going to the farmer's market. I live actually in the Hudson Valley. I go to the farmer's market every weekend. I go to a couple of them, as many as I can. And there are so many great things out there right now. Um, and so there's so many great recipes in this book. Like Actually, right at this moment, I'm uh, loving the snap pea and strawberry salad because both of those are in season. And I went strawberry picking uh, last weekend. Uh, that's super simple to make. It's just blanched snap peas and then some quartered strawberries with some salt, olive oil, and mint. It tastes perfect uh, this time of year and super simple. We love um, salmon. Salmon's our favorite fish because of all the omega-3 fatty acids in there. And Chef Jim created an amazing recipe to use the grill. So there's a grilled salmon recipe. He cuts the salmon really thin and then marinates it in leeks, olive oil, garlic, parsley, lemon zest, ginger, and a little smoked paprika for about four hours. And then you grill it for only about two or three minutes. Because it's so thin, it cooks really fast, and it's packed with the flavor from that marinade in the salmon itself. So I know my listeners are saying, you know, this is a setup, but it isn't, uh, Michael Crupain. I run a farmer's market in the Hudson Valley. Cool. Isn't that funny? I'll have to come visit. You're going to have to visit. It's called <laughs> the Market on the River. It's in northern Westchester, Inverplank. What to eat when? How, how long have you been incorporating this in your life? Well, that's a good question. So I've always, I've um, probably about for five years now, mm-hmm. uh, I've been eating this way. It, it was definitely a big change for me to eat, to change when I ate. I always ate the what, <laughs> the way we suggest, mostly, mostly plants, very seasonal, uh, not a lot of meat. Um, but changing the time I ate was, was a little hard because I actually started off training to be a neurosurgeon at Westchester Medical Center. And my first um, rotation was night float. And I got into the habit of only eating at night. Right. And I kept that habit for a very long time until I started really uh, understanding the science of, of when to eat. 
And then I made that change, and it was a little, a little. I was, I would say, I was nervous about it. But I found that if I made the change gradually, my body actually changed, so my appetite changed, and it was actually pretty easy to uh, eat more early and less later, and that my appetite for dinner actually decreased and my appetite for breakfast increased. Right, right, right. All right, you know, I used to work nights years ago, and it, and it was crazy. I would have dinner at 1 o'clock in the morning. So I understand oh, wow. you got to turn that bus around, but it can be done. So I have to let you go. I have just seconds with you left. You didn't end up at Westchester Med, so are you practicing in the Hudson Valley? Uh, well, my specialty is preventive medicine, so I do public health, but I work... Uh, for a company called ShareCare, which is really devoted to helping keep people healthy. Beautiful. I love that. Where can we go to find out more information about you and the What to Eat When cookbook? Well, you, you can find us at whenway.com. Also, you can follow us at when.way on Instagram, and I'm Dr. Crupain on Instagram. Okay. Dr. Michael Crupain, whenway.com. ShareCare is the business. ShareCare is the medical business. Share Care is his medical business, and he's one of the medical experts on the Dr. Oz show. I wouldn't think Dr. Oz needed another expert, but I guess he does. And it's Dr. Michael Crupain, whenway.com, the What to Eat When cookbook. It's a good one. So back to my mother. <laughs> While I was in Florida, I hadn't lost the whole 10 pounds yet, but I'd lost a couple. And she was like, oh, honey, aren't you going to go to the pool? this afternoon and I'm like well I probably shouldn't put on a bathing suit and I had to say this because I just had to let her know I was working on it you know I knew that would make her feel better I didn't want her to have stress like that's it Casey has let herself go because as I said it's an important thing in my mother's world and that's something we could do a whole show about right my friend The fitness expert from Fused Fitness, Alina Pedraza, says she calls it her food story. Your food story. It's how you grew up with food and all the unspoken thoughts around it. Like I grew up in this, you know, Italian household where there was always, um, you know, pot of sauce on the stove and and meatballs being fried. And and my God, I can smell them right now. You know, you'd pull off the end of the bread and you'd dunk it in the sauce. But there was this unspoken rule. And the unspoken rule was, you know, your body is supposed to stay a certain size and never get bigger than that. And then there was a whole lot of uh, what would be now called body shaming. Oh, my sister and I have long talks about that. It was a cultural thing. And it was a belief in my parents' mind, both mother and father, that we had to look a certain way to be successful in life I don't know so something to think about and I'll have to have Alina back to talk about that again is what is your food story was a healthy relationship to food modeled for you it was so important to our parents that especially the girls in the family be a certain size I'm not going to buy that for you because that shouldn't be your size when you get to this size I'll buy that for you and that you know they meant well they really thought that acceptance in life was easier for people of a certain size or something. I don't know. But whatever it is, it alters your relationship to your own self, right? When children grow up with that, it really does change your relationship to your own self. So then you're looking in the mirror um, as a young, healthy person, and you're seeing something disgusting. 
You know, when I look back, I'm sure many women especially can relate to this, looking back at pictures of you when you were younger and saying, oh my God, I thought I was so big. And I wasn't, right? And I wasn't. So I recently came across a Girl Scout blog talking about body shaming and making people aware of body shaming. And it says, where are girls getting this body shame from? Despite the fact that you've never directly shamed your daughter in any way, your behaviors can indirectly affect your daughter. Basically, if you're covering yourself up, staying out of pictures or staying in the back of family photos, if you're making jokes about yourself or even using like the phrase fat jeans, your children are picking up on this hyper-conscious lens. The Girl Scout blog said, according to their calculations, one in four kids say comments from their parents have made them self-conscious about their bodies. And the worst part, it goes on to say, is feeling shamed by parents actually makes kids more susceptible and sensitive to body shaming from others. So for parents, they suggest that you see yourself through your child's eyes. And if you have issues with your own body, they're watching. If you're not wearing your bathing suit to the pool, you know, that's a message. There are people who want to take the words diet and skinny out of the conversation completely when it comes to children and to use words like fit and beautiful, regardless of shape. And jokes, jokes were a pretty big thing in my house. There were a lot of one-liners, but jokes about anyone's body are never okay. All right, so pardon that tangent there. And I want to get back to the Wenwei diet and, uh, and their trip. You really can go to Italy with them if you want. You can join longevity and nutrition experts Dr. Michael Roizen and Dr. Michael Crupain for food, wine, and culture in Puglia. That's happening November 1st of this year. And every day you'll travel and you'll cook and you'll learn about the culture and the food making and the wine making. It's called What to Eat and Drink When You Want to Be 100. So if you want more information, go to info at awaitingtable.com. Info at awaitingtable.com. Five Nights in Italy with Dr. Roizen and Dr. Crupain. I would love that. Thank you for joining me on this little food journey today. So if you can't get to Puglia right away, I suggest that you come to the Market on the River every Sunday. Let It Shine Inc. is hosting a lovely little farmers and makers and bakers market on the Hudson River, 45 Riverview Avenue in Verplank. It's the new Cortland Waterfront Park. It's a lovely, beautiful park, and we have blankets there for you to borrow so you can have a picnic right on the grounds. Come get some fresh fruits and vegetables and some freshly baked goods. And we're having a lot of special events. I want to tell you the 4th of July, we're having a free drum circle. You can bring your own drum or percussion instrument or reserve one from us. Go to letitshineonline.com for more information. A drum circle at 1111 on Sunday the 4th of July. It's open to all ages, no experience necessary. It's called Let Freedom Drum. 
So come and join the drum circle. Then the following Sunday on July 11th at 11:11 for the kids, we've got storyteller Jonathan Cruck. It's so much fun. Just bring your blankets and lawn chairs and and put them out by the river, and then Jonathan comes and tells wonderful stories and fables. He's just so entertaining. I think we had more adults than we had children the last time Jonathan came to the market. He's just so good. You can't walk by him. You just sit down and enjoy a great story. Also on the 11th at the Market on the River, we're going to have a little healer's village, another part of the park where we sit down with our blankets and have a a speaker talk to us. And we're going to have a chakra talk on the 11th. So Jonathan Cruck will be on one side of the park and we'll be on the other side of the park with our little chakra talk. So that's what's happening this summer at the Market on the River in Verplank. Every Sunday we opened on... We opened on Mother's Day, and we go straight through to Halloween. And we do all of this because it benefits the pantry, the food pantry in Verplank. All of it under the Let It Shine umbrella. We are gathering love and giving it away. Hope to see you this summer at the Market on the River. Come find me. Come say hello. And on this July 4th weekend, our thought for the day is from Ralph Waldo Emerson, who said, live in the sunshine, swim in the sea, drink in the wild air. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.